hanging out and joining us this morning. As we mentioned, we got a fun show planned for you. Lots of good information coming your way. And, of course, our guest, as we mentioned, is uh, Ed Harries and Melanie Cook from the Tennessee Veterans Home. I say good morning, guys, and how are you? Very good. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for hanging out and uh, giving us a few minutes this morning. Wanted to bring you guys on and, um, you know, kind of basically just, you know, say how can folks out there, how can listeners uh, be a part of helping the Tennessee Veterans Home? We want to kind of talk to you guys a little bit just about, you know, your your COVID-19 journey, how everything kind of played out for you guys starting back in March, and what are some things you guys have had to do differently to, uh, you know, to survive, for lack of a better word. Well, uh, starting off in March, uh, we had to uh, stop visitation at home, of course, uh, when COVID became a problem in the community. Uh, Actually, we did that at all our homes across the state at the same time. Uh, That's been a hardship both on the families and on the residents. Uh, It's been very difficult, actually. And one of the ways we got around that was by having visits at the front door with the doors closed. I think the doors are glass, and you can hear between the glass, and they can see each other. And we've had some actually pretty sentimental moments that are on our Facebook page that between the families and uh, in those um, visits. However, there's no physical touch, which is extremely important to an individual in a nursing home uh, with a family, and that's... Uh, caused a lot of distress both for the families and it's very hard on the residents although i do have to say the residents are toughing it out and doing quite well and you just heard from executive director of the tennessee veterans home ed harry's and uh, melanie cook also joining us melanie what is uh, your thoughts on how things have played out for you guys over the last couple months and what are some things you've noticed that have been a little different yeah, you know, it's been, um, like Mr. Harry said, it's been it's been challenging not having the, the in-person visitation. You know, our homes are usually wide open. We've got visitors in all the time, um, parties, events. Um, the residents are going out on all over town to local events or trips. And so that's been a hardship. Um, but we have a top-notch activity staff in our home that... They're going above and beyond and making sure our residents are still having a lot of fun and we're coming up with uh, fun ways for them to to stay connected and with their families as well. Awesome. Well, when I reached out to you guys, I thought you'd be a great guest for the show, you know, for a few reasons. One, to kind of tell that story, but uh, I think it's, you know, easy to maybe overlook or forget about our generation, some of our generation's greatest people. Um, and, you know, that's, that's I think, where it's, it's so important where you guys take care of them the way you do. And you mentioned making sure to get out for those activities, make sure they're enjoying themselves. And, you know, a lot of these people may be up there in years, maybe don't have the family support or the friends they had at one point. Um, I think a lot of people, when they get that age, their their friend group and their family starts to thin out, and uh, may, you know maybe they can find new ways and new people to make them happy and, and new things to do to to enjoy life, which is so important. Um, what is what does a day to day look like at the Tennessee Veterans Home? Maybe uh, a year ago or nine months ago, you know, before COVID happened, and and um, compared to now, you mentioned a lot of these activities you guys would get into and fundraisers and things throughout the year. What are some of those things uh, that normally would happen that maybe we're not seeing over the last few months? Yeah, so we, um, our residents are constantly going out to different events. I mean, we take them, uh, they'll go to the parks, they'll go fishing, they'll go tour museums, out to eat at restaurants, shows. Uh, They're all over the place. We've got two um, really nice uh, vans and buses that we travel around town with, and they've gone to the Chattanooga Aquarium, they've gone to the zoo, um, and families are usually involved in that as well. Um, so that's been, you know, a little different now that, that COVID has hit and we're not able to, to go out and do those things in the community anymore. How many people do you guys have at the Tennessee Veterans Home? Maybe like a rough estimate. I don't know if you have that exact number, but are we talking a few hundred? Are we talking a thousand, less than a hundred? Well, we uh, have fewer than we normally do. Uh, there's 140 beds there, so we have space for 140 veterans and their spouses. Uh, however, today I believe the number is at 97, and uh, that's indicative of what's happening in the indus- the whole medical industry. Uh, the people aren't going in and be, you know, we usually get our discharges from hospitals and those discharges aren't coming our way because the hospitals aren't um, as busy as they used to be, except for, um, you know, non-nursing home related discharges. 
We had a, a question this morning that came through, and they're asking about, um, and we can kind of start with just in, in general, how folks can donate, how they can maybe not donate physical time right now, but how they can how they can help the cause. That, that's kind of one of the things we wanted to cover this morning, and I said one of our listeners texted us in this morning as we mentioned you guys were coming on. How can folks help, and especially nowadays when maybe that's tougher than ever? Yeah, so we've been really, really blessed with the support we've received from the, the community. Um, they're very involved and has have helped us tremendously. Um, and our activity staff will actually speak with each of the residents and put a wish list together of things that they are, they're wanting or, or needing. We obviously provide everything they need, but some extra items, um, either some fun games or toys or different clothing items. They're always um, always accepting donations for gift cards. Um you know, pre-COVID, we would use those gift cards and they would go out to, to different restaurants or do some shopping. And um, so they're always accepting donations for gift cards. Um, a local American Legion actually just recently donated 12 rocking chairs to our uh, Murfreesboro location, which was phenomenal. Um, very, We're very appreciative of that. We're always looking for different out, outdoor, um, you know, table chairs or anything that they can use outside, birdhouses, things like that. Um, and we've got an entire list of, of items that our residents have specifically requested, um, which we can provide to, you know, anyone can give us a call and we can share those items. You just heard from Melanie Cook and uh, Executive Director Ed Harris. I want to turn over to mm-hmm. you. Anything you want to add to that? What, uh, what kind of donations and, and things can people think of or uh, maybe do that that might help you guys, and especially yeah. now when that may be tougher than ever? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing, again, as Melanie said, uh, we're pretty much housebound at this point with the residents, so uh, getting out and about is, isn't an option. Now, one of the things I do want to mention is we have a big sign in the front yard of our building that says, Heroes Work Here. Mm-hmm. And I'd like the community to take uh, note of the fact that the people that are working in our buildings, our staff, are they're heroes. They are working above and beyond number of hours of overtime. Um, and on top of that, they're restricting their own duty or own activities on the outside on weekends and on their off time so that they don't catch COVID and then bring it into the building and that kind of thing. So I think... Uh, Something that's different now that would help is an appreciation of those employees. And and how can folks do that? And I know you mentioned, um, you know, you guys have the sign out front. Heroes work here, and as you you know, as you guys uh, alluded to, the a lot of these workers are you know maybe even putting their own health at risk to some degree. Just you know to do these jobs, the essential workers, and there there are a lot of them. But I think these guys, you know, even more importantly, I think have to take this so seriously because the people they work with. Right. Um, and you know, what what are the ages of, of those who who stay at the Tennessee Veterans Home? It'd be you know, maybe 50, 60, 70, 80. You're talking about a little bit of an older crowd. So those are the folks who maybe are, are most medically fragile right now. Right. And and those workers and your guys included are you know really up to a tough task to uh, to take care of them, but do it responsibly and, and do it with uh, with a lot of things in mind what uh, what do you guys need to do differently compared to maybe a year ago to take care of these guys what are some of the things that have, have kind of popped up that maybe you didn't expect that you said okay this we knew we were going to have to wear masks wear gloves social mm-hmm. distance but there's probably some other kind of hidden things that have popped up along the way that maybe you, you didn't think of that you guys are, are battling now well one of the Starting off with one of your points, uh, the average profile of a resident in our buildings is an 83-year-old male. That's the average. Uh, We do have females in the building, female veterans, and then we also have spouses as well. Um, They've found that uh, elderly males are more susceptible to the COVID disease. Um, uh, It's mainly because they're a little bit more immunocompromised than than the females, and uh, so we have to be extremely careful. Now, Looking at the risk of our staff coming in, uh, we've got an adequate supplies at the moment of uh, protective equipment. Uh, we take all precautions with them to make sure that we're going to keep them safe uh, as they're in the building. And uh, we're constantly trying to get more you know, protective equipment. We want to have a great uh, stockpile of it so as things go on, you know, we will fall on to that. But the uh, like I said, the, the the biggest thing, though, is the wear and tear, literally mentally, on the staff is difficult because as we teach them, once you leave our, our doors, you're more at risk because 
on a Saturday, there might be a barbecue in the backyard and there's 20 people there, or let's say 10 uh, sticking within the guidelines. If one of those is COVID positive and you're not wearing a mask at home, which is probably not likely for an average person, um, you're putting not only yourself at risk and your family at risk, but you're putting all of those residents at risk. And in the general public, we see how there's people are asymptomatic and they get it, and uh, a lot do not exhibit any symptoms, and they get along just fine. Inside a nursing home, it's different because of that uh, age of the veteran that we have, and so we've got to be very careful. So th- they've changed their lifestyle. I've changed mine. Melanie, I know, has changed hers. Um, you know, we don't get out as much. We stay home. Uh, we wear masks. We go to Kroger or uh, Walmart or wherever. All of those things, uh, and again, it's it's tiring, just like it is on the public, but even more so because we've got that burden on our shoulders that we carry. That when we go to work, we could be the vector that brings that disease in. I know you guys would would have to have this conversation with your employees, and this is probably months ago, back when this started. But what was that conversation like to talk to the employees and and kind of say what you just said? You know, it's it's a twenty four seven job at this point to make sure when you're not at work. You're being responsible. You don't bring that back to work. Was that a tough conversation to have, or was everybody pretty receptive and, and ready to take on the challenge? Well, our employees, we, we realize who we take care of, the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, our that our veterans are, I mean, literally heroes. I mean, if I could tell you some of the personal stories of them, it would be incredible. Uh, but when we talked to the staff about that, it's usually everybody was stepping up to the plate. Everybody was on board, and sometimes they're way ahead of us on this as well and had recommendations and things. So one of the things we did was we got masks, and we issued masks for employees to wear at home. Um, some of those were these, the uh, uh, masks that the Renfro company put together for the governor, and then we also had our own stockpile of masks that went out and encouraging them to be uh, careful when they're out because of the danger. And then since March, we do uh, regular education with our staff, making sure that they uh, are following the guidelines. They're not getting burnout and, you know, just forgetting sometimes. We're constantly monitoring, trying to keep everybody, keep, it, uh, keep this disease at bay. Melanie, any thoughts on that? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, one of the other things uh, we did was uh, kind of right when COVID started hitting in uh, tennis, Tennessee and um, in the United States, we proactively purchased um, a bunch of little mini hand sanitizers um, that we distributed to all of our staff um, just so they had an extra stash. And when they were out or about, they could use that personally and on their, on their own time. And um, they were really appreciative of that. Awesome. We are taking uh, text message questions, and I just said we got a call coming through, having a little bit of issue with the phone line this morning. So if you could text us, and as so many of you have, we got a couple questions already building up. But um, if you could text us in those questions you might have for Melanie or uh, Ed, then that would be just awesome. But uh, uh, back to kind of what we were talking about as far as donations and that. One of, one of the listeners was asking about uh, donating food, and then they also said media items. I'm guessing that's books, DVDs, things like that. You guys mentioned a lot of these people maybe are, are stuck inside and not mm-hmm. be able to get out as much as they were. But that's probably not something you can take, I would think, but it, but can you? Um, actually, we can within reason. Okay. Um, we, I've had situations where we've gotten multiple cartloads of books of, of every style and type. And remembering our age group, you know, the average paperback, it's very difficult for somebody to read at that, at that age level. Uh, it's difficult for me to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have to take that into account. Um, we can't take any medical items, of course, and sometimes we get that where somebody will bring us medical items from a family member who's passed and things like that. And we can't do that because of the infection, uh, you know, concerns with that. Uh, I do want to mention one thing that we did, and uh, it gives kudos out to the board, uh, our board in uh, the state. Uh, when this COVID thing came at us in March, uh, the board provided every employee from top bottom $1 an hour raise immediately put in place uh, because we foresaw this hardship that they were going to have from a monetary standpoint, not only with themselves who were keeping working, but their spouses are going to be off. 
there's going to be all kinds of added expenses they will have, things like that. So we put that in play, and it's a permanent raise that they got. But it was $1 an hour. Everybody got it. Now, I, I, I think I know the answer to this. It sounds like you guys are just genuine good people, and, and that's mm-hmm. you know something you thought you might, might need to do um, is, is give that raise. But uh, you mentioned some of the reasons, but why is that important to do that? I know it probably makes the employees – um, you know, maybe you feel a little more appreciated. Like you mentioned, a lot of their families and, and that might be out of work or, uh, you know, bills might be a little tighter these days as for as for many of us. But when you guys came and made that decision that you're going to give everybody, and that's a permanent $1 mm-hmm. an hour raise, which I think is pretty great, um, what were your thoughts? Why did you guys do that? And what were the employees' reactions? How did they feel? Well, of course, the employees were very appreciative. Um, and I, I think they were a little bit surprised that, that our board was thinking that far ahead and thinking of them. Now, the way that Veterans Home works, and, you know, they're, it's kind of cliche to say they were one big family, but the reality is we are. And uh, so each one of our staff members, um, they're very attached to the residents, very attached to themselves, I mean, to each other, and uh, very, you know, inter-supportive. Uh, the families know who the staff members are and vice versa, and there's conversations all the time. It's very... Uh, very social and again that's a big change that has happened uh, you know we have we no longer have that interaction that we used to have to the level we did melanie would you like to add to that yeah i mean i like ed said our staff is one one big family and um our residents really really trust them and uh, consider them like like family members and um confidants and uh, the family members are also, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're used to having our home open and the family members are constantly inside interacting with the staff. And um, so they really they really do get along really well. And um, our, our staff has gone above and beyond to make sure that these family members stay connected with the residents. You know, Ed mentioned earlier about the window visits. We also do virtual, you know, we'll, our staff will facilitate video chats or, you know, phone calls emails, social media, what, however the residents want to communicate with their loved ones, our staff makes that happen. Now, I always thought it was it was kind of funny but interesting that some of our older generation, those are the guys that can rebuild the transmission, they can change mm-hmm. a tire, they can work on their own house, they, they understand how electricity and water flows through a house, and things that a 20-something might not understand the same way. Uh, but in my sleep, I could pull up a Zoom call and I could I could text and do all these kind of things. You guys mentioned you were doing some video conferences and things like that for, for the residents to see their family. Uh, what was the learning curve like there? Did you guys have to kind of... Yeah, maybe maybe take control and, and kind of do that for them a few times to get them to, to get it figured out. Have they been receptive to that? Have they been encouraged? Or um, you know, are, are people maybe not as not as up and, and high on the technology that maybe they're kind of being forced to use now? That that's that's kind of our last call. Yeah, I mean, I think it it, it varied. Uh, certain some residents are really into technology and they've got all the latest gadgets and uh, you know iPads and, and laptops and were able to pick it up right away and others needed some assistance. Um, so our staff was able to kind of step in and, and help wherever they were needed. I think that's kind of cool how that works though in life, how I, you know one hand feeds the other hand, right? I, I, could, I could help somebody do all those kind of things all day long, but if somebody asks me to work on my car, I'm, I'm blind. I, I have no idea. I just stick the key in and it goes. I don't, I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> so um, what are some other visitation policies and things you guys have had to do? You mentioned you guys have the, the, the plexiglass screen so people can kind of communicate that way. But, you know, of course, no one-on-one, no, you know, maybe how you would have somebody coming to redo a resident or coming to see grandma and grandpa. Not the same, but but how does that look now, maybe a little more in detail? Yeah, so, um, you know, we'll have family members come for residents' birthdays, and they'll bring, you know, a large group of their family members and stay outside, and they'll have balloons and signs, and our staff will help the residents make signs. And um, we recently had a, an anniversary of... Um, a gentleman and his wife were celebrating, uh, gosh, I want to say 60-something years of, of marriage. And um, he's, he's a resident in the home, and, and she's, um, she's not in the home. And um, our staff helped coordinate a little meeting where we had champagne and flowers and a little table set up waiting outside, and we had the same inside. So they got to, they made signs for each other, and then they had a little champagne toast through the glass, and um, the family was there, and it, it was really, it was really heartfelt and, and beautiful. So we, we've done lots of things like that, and um, our residents are constantly, you know, they'll make signs and 
uh, staff will take photos of them and send them to the family members just to let them know they're thinking of them. So, And I think that can go a long ways. Uh, maybe sending somebody some flowers or putting that sign together, just stopping by. And, and I'm sure when, when things are a little bit more normal, you guys would have people come and read or hang out with some of these folks. And maybe that's not as easy to do now. But uh, we were talking about ways to show appreciation to support what you guys are doing, not only the staff, but the folks who are living there and, and you guys. Um, can people send flowers and, and gift cards? Uh, you mentioned gift cards, but just a nice card that says, hey, thank you for all you guys do. Whether they have a family member or not in the Tennessee Veteran Home, is that something you guys would encourage? Just a little pick-me-up for the staff who's, who's working so hard. They absolutely can. Um, we've had organizations that have uh, created cards, you know, a big batch of cards and, and sent them. We've had people, um, you know, write letters or create cards specifically for for veterans, they can reach out to our activities staff, and we can let them know uh, which residents are interested in receiving letters or cards. Um, flowers are always appreciative, and even little prepackaged uh, snack items for residents and staff are, are appreciated. And any kind of guidelines of things that you guys can and cannot take? I know we uh, talk with Cliff Sharp each Wednesday and Friday, and they take donations at a Greenhouse, but sometimes there are things they can't take. They'll say, you know, we're, we're no furniture right now or none of this or none of that with all the COVID-19 guidelines is there anything that you guys say maybe we're getting it and people are, are very nice to think of us but we just can't take it yeah we, we've run into that uh, every now and again you know somebody will bring their tv or uh, furniture and, and what they don't realize is all that is already provided by the facility mm-hmm. um, so there really isn't a room for it or anything like that with furniture um Again, I think I think in this environment, sticking to the uh, either the gift cards or the um, the flowers being delivered, things like that, is probably the best option. Uh, and a lot of times, just the pick me up of getting a card or a letter in the mail um, to the residents or or the staff, to, uh, tell them how much they're appreciated and supported, and that people are thinking about them. Uh, we're pretty much isolated right here in the middle of Murfreesboro. Yeah, that the, those that are in there within those walls and all they can do is look out the window at this point and hopefully we'll get to a point where we can break out of that mode and uh, get back to the the activities that we used to do and probably i heard plans or some of the staff talking there's going to be a great big party when this is over so uh, we'll make sure you get an invite all right <laughs> but, uh, our guest this morning on the Action Line is the Tennessee Veterans Home. You just heard from Executive Director Ed Harris, also Melanie Cook joining us. We're going to take a quick timeout, and uh, we're going to get to some of these questions. We've got to a few, but they are piling up on us, so we're going to make sure to get to those questions. If you want to text us, 615-893-1450. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line, and we'll be right back. Get your good neighbor events to us in writing two weeks before they occur. We'll put them on the radio and the Internet. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. We're a pretty well-rounded music store. We have every guitar, keyboard, drum that you might be looking for. Parts are available, strings, accessories. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings, and drums. It's all here. Music World and Drummer's Den. We're your hometown music store. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf This is Course. Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return turn and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. (laughs) 
Welcome back into the action line. You're listening to News Radio WGNS, and our guest this morning is Melanie Cook and Ed Harris from the Tennessee Veterans Home. We are taking your questions or comments. If you just want to tell these guys they're doing a great job, if you have a question for them, just uh, text it in at six one five eight nine three one four five zero. Hey, how do you feel about two for three dollars Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M and M's for only a dollar? Just a handful of sweet deals you can find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised at how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. Don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points to use towards items like ice-cold fountain drinks or even fuel. Everybody needs fuel to get to work. This app is available for both iPhones and Android, so make sure to stop by and save at your local Mapco today. All right, guys. So we uh, had a couple questions come in while we were on commercial break. Wanted to get through, and um, this is a widely popular question. We've we've gotten this a number of times with some of our guests, but uh, you know, folks are always trying to help and always always trying to be a part of the solution. So people have been making these homemade masks. Some of those are maybe a little more stylish than than some of the other ones. But you guys had mentioned that you do take them. And but they kind of go as a as a backup plan, right? To the to the medical masks and the medical masks uh, are what you guys would be wearing when you're dealing with tenants. I'll kind of let you add to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whenever our staff are dealing with the resident, of course, it's a medical environment, so we want to have the medical masks there. And and currently, we have a, a decent supply of those. Actually, as a side note, one of the things we didn't account for is uh, in some of the aspects with an active COVID case or suspected case, uh, they use an N95 mask, uh, has medically rated. Uh, the problem we didn't think of is we didn't buy enough smalls, and most of our employees are small. They're, they're females. So uh, we've gotten those in, and I can say that uh, TEMA has been a huge help with that. Uh, the Unified Command, the Governor's Unified Command, has been a huge help with helping us with that. And the VA has jumped in as well uh, to help us get past that. But uh, it seems like it's a universal thing across the country that smalls are extremely hard to come by. So anyway, one of the things that we did do that's unique to us is uh, knowing that these masks, uh, the volume would not be there. The flow wouldn't be there. Uh, we bought and installed UV sterilizers in all of our buildings so that we can then sterilize the masks and, and make them available for reuse. And so we were ahead of the curve on that one. Now, what, what is the UV sterilizer, you said? Mm-hmm. What, is, uh, what does that look like? It actually kind of looks like a microwave, but it, what it does is it uses... Um, uh, ultraviolet light to sterilize whatever you put in it you can put i mean we use it for the masks and for our face shields if we need that but you can sterilize cell phones you can sterilize stethoscopes uh, whatever you can fit in it you put it through there it comes out and it's it's sterile and it's medical grade and uh, again like i said we got three of those in each of our buildings and that gives us some level of confidence we'll be all right on the masks Absolutely. And somebody was also wondering, and I can uh, turn to Melanie for this one, uh, hand sanitizer. That's things are, everybody's using hand sanitizer mm-hmm. going through it like it's water. What are your guidelines there? I know people have made homemade sanitizer. People have, um, you know, bought sanitizer to donate. What do you guys prefer? Yeah, we are, um, we are accepting hand sanitizer donations as long as they're, uh, you know, sealed and, and from a reputable, reputable company. Um, we we're kind of, shying away from taking homemade uh, sanitizers at this time just because we can't um, we don't know exactly what went into making those so um, sealed you know donated sanitizers are the way to go awesome all right so uh, one of the other questions we got to this morning um, is is you know they're asking about each each individual person's own little room um, and as far as sending snacks or, or things like that um, does that go into maybe a, a larger room for everybody or can you maybe send uh, if, if it's sealed off or, or uh, you know sealed in that can you send uh, little gift baskets things like that to some of the some of the residents somebody was asking about gift basket options if that's if that's something they can do yeah that is an option they can do however um, our staff do have a gift or a snack cart that goes around periodically uh, several times a day visits every resident and uh, you know whatever they want um, they can have as long as there's not a real strict reason why they shouldn't have that medically but uh, that happens a lot and that would just help bolster I guess that uh, volume of stuff that is on that cart. 
I think that's kind of cool. We're getting we're getting so many people asking about can I send this? Can I send mm-hmm. that? You know, and, and obviously we want to be safe and make sure that it's okay to send. But um, you know, so many people it seems like with their extra free time even are just looking for something to do to help out the cause. And right. um, really got to appreciate that we live around a place with with people like that who are saying you know hey I I want to send them something to make their day a little better whether it's flowers gift basket masks sanitizer I think they see you know that you guys are up against a pretty tall task and and we uh, talked about that to start the show and you know they're they're trying to be a part of the solution what what's next what do you guys see you know coming up down the road if things do clear up if if we kind of get back to normal life maybe next year um, are there any big fundraisers any big events that maybe we missed on this year that you guys are kind of sitting on and saying okay best case scenario next summer let's do this Let's try this. Let's get back to doing this. What are some of those things that you guys are looking forward to getting back to? And uh, you know, once once things kind of clear up and we we get back to normal life, whatever that is. Right. Um, this year, uh, the Murfreesboro Building has a fall. Every, actually, they do it every year. They have a fall festival where they have the public come in, and uh, it's pretty much just a celebration of life for everybody. You know, in the community and. Uh, we get quite a number of people. We also have big car shows that happen uh, that come into the the building for the residents and uh, the general public. Um, I don't know if that that festival will be happening this year in the fall. Uh, if things are the way they are now, I highly doubt it. That would come back, though, once this is over. Uh, I think the biggest thing you're going to see is, uh, and probably if you, if you think about it with the public isn't seeing is our buses driving around with all full of residents at restaurants and different events and uh, the, the air show and all of those things uh you're going to see those buses out and they'll be very very visible and i'm sure the the residents are excited for that mm. i'm sure excited for that uh melanie anything you'd like to add to that anything that you're you're thinking about that you know you've been with these guys for a couple of years and you're thinking you know i really wish we could have done this this year maybe we couldn't have done it this year but next year hey that'd be really cool if we can get back to it yeah like ed mentioned the harvest festival our fall festival is, is a huge uh, deal for our murfreesboro uh, facility we've got it open to the public um they actually allow um kids to come in with dressed up in their Halloween costumes and they can trick or treat to each of the rooms, um, visit our veterans. They get to meet them and the veterans will give them candy. We've got face painting, hay rides. So it's a whole, whole big ordeal for the, the community and we, we love it. Um, so that's something we, if we're not able to do this year, we are going to miss. Um, and just having, you know, we have so much support from the, the community and so many different groups and organizations that come regularly to, to just, hang out with our guys and and you know either read to them play games with them just we've got local veterans groups and all sorts of people that are constantly coming in and out so um, we're really looking forward to, to getting back to that. And is that fall festival, you mentioned the Halloween theme and the kids coming to trick-or-treat, does that kind of encompass Veterans Day as well? Because I wanted to ask you guys about that. That's got to be maybe the hardest day of the year to, to stay home and to stay in when you guys are working at a veteran's home. Um, what, are, what are the thoughts there? Obviously, you don't want to do anything irresponsible, but on the other hand, it's their holiday. Um, is there anything that maybe special can go on that day or just uh, something the public can do, whether it's sending cards or, or something simple like that, just to give them a little recognition on that day? Yeah, the cards um, would be really, uh, we'd appreciate those. Even home videos, if you want to make at home, you know, thanking our veterans, we can share them with, with our residents, post them on our social media. Every year we, we always do a big celebration for Veterans Day. We'll have speakers come in. We'll kind of do a ceremony. Uh, this past year, we actually had uh, Murfreesboro Aviation um, took some of our veterans um, who were in the Air Force and, um, you know, who flew for their, their service, took them up flying, and that was really, really fun. So, um, like I said, we're just really blessed with the, the community support we receive. It's, it's just been really amazing. And we've talked a good bit about the Murfreesboro location. That's over mm-hmm. on Memorial 231, wherever you want to draw the line. Um, but wh- how many locations do you guys have in Rutherford County, in Middle Tennessee? Is it just that one, or are there a few different spots we need to know about? Uh, we have one in Clarksville, a 108-bed facility up there. Uh, and they have the same challenges that the Murfreesboro building does uh, with related to COVID. Uh, after that, we have one in Humboldt, just north of Jackson. Uh, our fourth home is in Knoxville. And uh, we are currently under construction for a new home in Cleveland, 
I see. Uh, that's under, under construction right now, and hopefully we'll be able to get that up and running in a year and a half by the time that's done. So that's a lot of different numbers for addresses. I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. the addresses, but maybe a better answer might be is where can folks go to find all this information if they do want to send cards, if they want to send information, just even a video, you know, just, just thanking mm-hmm. your veterans. Where can they do that? Yeah, so we've got our website. It's www.tsvh.org. They can find all the information on our homes, um, information on our new Cleveland facility. We're also really active on social media. So we have a Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and they can find us at facebook.com forward slash TN Veterans Homes. They can also search that handle on Instagram and Twitter to find us. Um, And we are posting pictures all the time of the different activities the residents are doing. And um, we'd love to, you know, post some videos of support we've received from from the community and um, different donations we receive we uh, post on there as well. So the best best way for folks to be connected is to to definitely check out our Facebook and uh, Instagram pages and kind of stay involved that way. Awesome. We are up against our last break, but I wanted to ask one more question before we do so. A listener was asking about donating pet supplies. Do you guys allow any kind of pets, whether they be big or small, in the facility for the residents? And if so, is there anything you guys need there? Uh, we don't have any pets in the res- or in the building at this point, uh, in any of the buildings. It's, I'm trying to see if there, maybe we have a stray one wandering around there somewhere, <laughs> but... Uh, no, the residents do not have any pets. Okay. Now, is so, that just for now, or is that is that a normal thing? Uh, they have the ability to do that with some extreme restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's a tough life for an animal you know, to be in in a, a building like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting it out, um, you know, when the when the resident themselves or the owner themselves can't get uh, can't get out and can't can't take care of them. Uh, we do have a lot of animals that do come in with families, though, and uh, quite often. And we also have some therapy animals that come in. In fact, uh, we've had therapy horses walking around the halls. And uh, yeah, now what does that look like? I gotta ask. What does what does that look like? Uh, it's miniature horses, and they've got these little tennis shoes on, which is really uh, interesting. But uh, my first experience, they walked one into my office when I had no idea it was coming, and a horse just walked into my office. But uh, the the residents love love them. Uh, I can't think of the name of the group that brings them. Off the top of my head, but I know we posted that on our social media with yeah. lots of photos on that. Yeah, miniature horses, therapy dogs come often. Mm-hmm. We've had the Nashville Zoo stop by and bring a lot of different animals, snakes, sloths, and things. Our animals, our, our residents love that. Um, we've had baby chicks come in before, and uh, most recently, we actually during the pandemic. Thor Sport Farms in Murfreesboro brought um, some horses to our facility and um, greeted our residents through the glass outside. They brought them up to their windows, and the residents got to see the horses, and they really, really loved that. So that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, it sounds like that listener maybe just had some extra pet supplies, so uh, certainly there'd be somewhere somewhere to good to go with that if, if uh, they have some extra floating around. But it sounds like you guys are taken care of mm-hmm. and uh, in that way. So we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back in just a second to wrap up the action line. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the sports Com. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our weekend special. Save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing and free premium delivery on most beds when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. The Bucket 
Buckets you buy at Ace hold paint, dirt, and debris. But our Children's Miracle Network buckets hold so much more, like dreams, hope, and care for children. Because over the last 29 years, with your help, Ace has raised over $125 million for local CMN hospitals. So stop by your local Ace this weekend to make a $5 donation and get a 5-gallon bucket plus 20% off almost anything that fits inside it. Offer valid on regular price merchandise. Additional exclusions apply. See store for details. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying, mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry, First National Bank of Murfreesboro, member FDIC. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. We've got about 10 minutes here, and we're going to wrap up the show in just a few minutes. But uh, certainly when you get to those questions, if you have any left, 615-893-1450. As you can imagine, we've had a lot of similar questions asking about donations and, and things like that. But uh, certainly if you have a question, if you are just joining the show or uh, missed something, uh, send us that question, 615-893-1450. And I also mentioned if you just want to tell these guys what a great job they're doing, that would be great too. Uh, and we can start there. I, I wanted to recap a lot of the information for those maybe who are just hopping in the car, just uh, catching the last few minutes of the show. Um, how can folks, and this is how we started the show, how can folks show their appreciation for the veterans at the Veterans Home, the staff at the Veterans Home, for you guys, for everybody that's involved? What's the best way to do it but safely? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, writing some letters, sending cards, flowers, uh, donations of gift cards, uh, like we talked about, would be great. Also, if they want to record any videos of themselves just thanking staffer or residents, we'd be happy to pass those along, and our residents would love to to see that. So that would be a great way to show show some support. And we had a bunch of people, which is just a uh, a great... Just a great feeling to know that we live around uh, such wonderful folks. But asking about, hey, how can I donate masks? How can I donate sanitation? People have been asking about food, about media items, books, DVDs. Uh, what what do they need to know there? What can they donate? What can they not donate? What do you guys need? Yeah, so we're we're always taking accepting donations. Homemade masks are are great. Like we mentioned earlier, we those are kind of our our um, back stock. We'll use. Um, we've. We mainly use our medical grade masks when caring for for residents, um, but we've sent homemade masks home with employees just so they have them on the weekends when they're out and about, um, and we're always appreciated appreciative of that. Um, always taking donations for for certain types of, of books and media items, and if they have any questions about that, they can just call our facility directly, and we can let them know what what we can can't take. Awesome. And then what's a good website to kind of centralize all that information, the different locations and addresses and phone numbers? Yeah, so um, all of our our four locations in Tennessee, you can find them, information about them on our website. It's www.tsvh.org. They can also check us out on social media. We're active on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and they can search us by the the handle uh, TN Veterans Homes. And I've always said a, a great way to, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of time, if you don't have anything to donate, something that's simple and you can do it in about a half a second is just like the page, follow the page. Um, that's easy. It doesn't cost nothing. They can stay in touch with what you guys are doing. And, you know, even better, that just kind of makes you guys bigger on social media, gets the word out, gets more information out. So something you can do if you're on your phone, if you're at work or just killing some time, head on over and like the page, like the Instagram, the Facebook, and uh, be a part of what you guys are doing, which which I love. Um, we wanted to uh, ask you about the story. We were, we were talking off the air, and you had a really cool story, and we got about five seconds in, and I said, you know what, I just want to hear it for the first time with the listeners, so I have kind of an idea what the story is about, but I'm going to let you take it. Melanie Cook with uh, Tennessee Veterans Home sharing a really cool story, something that you guys have encountered just uh, not too long ago. Yeah, so at our home in Humboldt, which is right outside of Jackson, we have um, an elderly uh, resident. She's a spouse of a veteran who was able to meet her great-granddaughter for the first time um, through the glass. And we got lots of pictures of that. We posted it on our Facebook, and we had uh, her daughter and um, 
bring the bring the granddaughter to meet her and it, it was just really sweet and heartfelt there was a lot of tears happy tears and um we just love to to share stories like that and that's all up on our our social media pages and hats off to you guys for being able to uh preserve those kind of memories and make those things happen i know when all this happened back in march you thought you know how are we going to run a veterans home with with folks who are in their 80s who have visitors all the time we can't just lock these guys in the room we have to let them live we have you know have to let them see their family obviously but uh wow it sounds like you guys have found a way to to still let those memories happen naturally and and uh, let folks see their family their grandkids for the first time which is pretty cool and uh you know that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges for you guys i would imagine is, is drawing that line of uh, letting them live and live their life, but also being responsible and mm-hmm. making sure that you know you keep them healthy because that's ultimately your job as well. But uh, you know there, there's a fine line there of you know how far can you go before it's just you know okay I'm just sitting here all day not seeing anybody not doing nothing what's the point and you know it sounds like you guys have figured out a way to let both of those worlds kind of live together. Yeah, and we're just really we're like I said we're grateful for our staff. They've come up with so many different creative ways to to keep residents and connected with their loved ones and um, make sure that even during this pandemic they're still enjoying their life, having a good time, um, staying connected, and it, it's just been really cool to see. Um, what uh, what what's the news with the fall fest? We talked about that briefly, but you said probably this year is is maybe maybe not. But moving forward, next year could possibly be back. Uh, what do folks need to know? What can they expect when the fall festival comes back? I, I think a lot of people maybe listening might think, "Well, I need to be a part of that." You know, that sounds like a great way to meet these great people, our greatest generation, as we as we said earlier in the hour. Um, so when, and I, I don't say if, but when that comes back, and when we get back to it, uh, what is the fall fest all about? Yeah, so that takes place um, every October right around Halloween time, and we'll have our home open up, opened up for people to, to bring their families and uh, dress up in their Halloween costumes, trick-or-treat throughout our halls, fake, get face painting, enjoy some food, music. It's a really big uh, community event that we have, and we love, love doing events like that and opening up our homes. So we're really looking forward to hopefully in 2021 being able to, to bring that uh, event back and, and open it up to the community again. That was Melanie Cook from the Tennessee Veterans Home. And Ed Harris, anything you want to add to that? Are you excited for the Fall Fest? And uh, any stories from um, past years that you'd like to share? I know it's, it's got to be an awesome time. And I, actually, what I'd like to do is just tell you a little bit about the, the heroes we take care of. I mean, in my time with the state veterans homes, I've met and talked with Pearl Harbor survivors. I've actually met a man who was on Iwo Jima there when the flag went up on that iconic statue guarding that flag going up with his flamethrower. Uh, it just goes on and on. Bomber pilots and bomber uh, door gunners that flew 60-plus missions over Germany, shot down twice. I mean, it just the, – the heroes we have in our halls there is just incredible. Uh, and that's – Again, one of those, uh, I like to call it a resource that the local community has, and sometimes you just don't realize the guy right, that lives right next door to you has one great story to tell, and he's done a great thing for, for the United States and for the community. Uh, so that appreciation, and I think out of all the things that, have, that can be donated, again, it comes back to that just the appreciation. It doesn't necessarily have to be material, just the thank you and uh um, you know, just a, a nod that you know we understand, we appreciate, and thank you. Have you guys heard from any of the staff that maybe is encouraged <laughs> by some of these stories? You hear some of these guys who have who have stared death in the face, and this is fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty years ago, and and here they are to tell the story. And maybe part of you says, well, if they can do that, then we can do this. I think we can put on the mask. We can we can social distance. We can get through this. A lot of people act like it's the end of the world, and it's not easy. But then you see somebody who's really, really faced trouble, and it's you know some of these guys that you, you take care of at the Veterans Home who have you know, been toe-to-toe with things that most of us have never seen or would never understand. Does that give them some kind of inspiration, motivation to, to you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's well, just – Sorry. Uh, uh, the, uh, the first thing that came to is – you know, what's the, what do the residents need, especially not seeing their families and things like that? And a, a staff member asked one of the veterans, uh, it was a Korean War veteran, you know, how is this affecting you? Are you, you know, looking for signs of depression and things like that? And he goes, I was in Korea. My family couldn't visit me there either. And kind of summed it up that, 
you know, the, we've done this. We've been through this, and we'll get through it again. And uh, that's, that's infectious to the staff and very, very, very motivating. It was to me. Absolutely. Melanie? Yeah, our uh, at the Veterans Home, our motto is proudly serving those who served, and our we take that to heart. We consider it an honor and a privilege to care for these heroes. Like Ed was mentioning, we have so many cool stories of, of different veterans and, and what they've been through, and they've been a, a lot of them have been open um, and sharing their stories. We had a World War II um, gentleman who was a prisoner of war. Um, we've mm-hmm. we've had people in Vietnam, Korea, and just so many interesting stories. And it's, it's truly an honor to be able to care for them and um, just just protect them. So, and, and if I can add, their spouses also can come to us. And uh, our feeling as well is the spouse served too. Uh, I mean, just imagine the feeling of watching your loved one walk out the door, or your husband walk out the door, or wife walk out the door, not knowing if they're going to be coming back. I mean, that's happening today with uh, those that are deployed overseas now. Mm-hmm. Um, those spouses, every day, they're in the, under the same strain, if not different types of strain, but that emotional strain is there. They're serving, too. They, we owe them as well. That's powerful stuff and absolutely true. I, I think you're spot on with that. Um, got about a minute and a half left. Any final thoughts, guys? Anything we missed this morning? I know we've kind of been all over the map and, and answered some questions, but anything that you want to wrap up with? I mean, I think we covered most of it. We're just really appreciative of, of the community support and, um, you know, you having us on and, and letting us share share a little bit about ourselves and some of the stories of our of our veterans. And we're just looking forward to um, hopefully when this is all over, getting our home back open and allowing our visitors and families to, to come back in and, and visit with our residents. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was Melanie Cook and Executive Director Ed Harris joining us from the Tennessee Veterans Home. We've uh, let you know a number of ways you could help be a part of the solution, help these guys if it's something as simple as a call or a, a video or just you know a, a thank you. Uh, that could go a long way. I think that's the thing we're taking home uh, first and foremost from this is everybody could can kind of help and, and pull in together and make these guys feel more appreciated. And I don't think they could ever feel appreciated enough for what they've done, but we can certainly try. So thank you guys so much. And uh, next, time, uh, next time we see you, hopefully we'll be talking about that fall fest. And if you need anything else in the meantime, you let us know. Thank Thanks, you. Nick. All righty. That's Ed Harries and Melanie Cook from the Tennessee Veterans Home joining us here on News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line, and uh, we'll be right back. Truman Jones coming up next. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett, hitting right at what matters most to all of us here in the heart of Tennessee. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. This is Chip Walters, and I'll have Middle Tennessee football and basketball games for you right here. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, online, and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. The flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. Time on the courthouse clock is 9 o'clock. Now an update from the...